Well, we're both in parts unknown today, but there's been so much action. We got to pod this stuff, man. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by Game Time, and thank you so much for making this your first listen every single day. You guys are the absolute best. Jimmy is once again parked on the side of the road, and much props to him. I'm also kind of on the side of the road in the middle of Mississippi at a Holiday Inn, pulling over just to do this because there's been so much action. We've got to discuss it. Jimmy, let's talk about the portal, first of all. Alabama has lost some more dudes in the portal and they are good dudes. Uh, it, Eli Holstein. We talked about Seth McLaughlin. We talked about Terrence Ferguson. Um, Malik Benson is now in the portal. Uh, help me out, Jimmy, who else is in the portal? Well, it's almost like who's not in the portal, but uh, Malik Benson, good. Shaz Preston, Miles Kitzelman, Terrence Ferguson, Seth McLaughlin. Um, let's see. Monkel Goodwine. Was a Mon big one. Christian, yeah. Christian story uh, and Earl Little uh, in the portal. Um, I'm expecting more, frankly. Now, I, sure. I don't know if it'll be a lot more, but I'm expecting more probably today. Uh, that's the thing about doing these these shows. I mean, by the time the show's out, it may be dated. There may be other other people in and other stories. For instance, Chris Braswell turning pro today. Again, totally expected. J.C. Latham uh, entered the NFL draft last night, totally expected. But uh, still waiting on some decisions from some 2020 guys that may or may not come back. And some uh, some juniors like Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry Arnold may hear about that today, possibly. But uh, big story with all these guys in the portal. Again, two two things here to, to balance. Number one, you had to have the, these numbers in the portals. You had to have it. That that had to happen. So this isn't bad. This is needed. But when you parcel the individuals who enter the portal, it's it can be a little hurtful because some of these guys uh, were projected to at least be competing for spots on this team next fall in terms of being first-team players. And uh, a couple of these guys are hurt, and not all of them uh, the staff was happy to see go. And in fact, I mean, they're probably going to try to talk some of these guys into coming out of the portal. I mean, that's happened before. It wouldn't shock right. me if they gave a sales pitch to Earl Little and to Seth McLaughlin. I know some people are like, no, on Seth McLaughlin. But I mean, y'all, first of all, let's we've had a few days now. It's it wasn't all his fault. I'm going to say that again. And, um, you know. He's going to have some options. Now, maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe they stay in the portal. But I think at least a couple of those guys, they will try to sell on coming back, right? Uh, Earl Little, I think, is a guy they would like to keep if possible, but I don't think that's possible. As a matter of fact, Earl Little is on his way to Tallahassee right now. I think this has been a preordained move to Florida State from the start. I think this is just a decision Earl made uh, well prior uh, to uh, to entering the portal. Uh, just seems that way. I mean, in terms of enters the portal last night on his way to Tallahassee today, uh, you know, has some connections there to that program. Uh, no doubt. I think uh, his high school coach is the DB coach there uh, and Pat Sertan's dad. So I, th I think that's what's kind of going on there. 
uh, but they would have liked to have had him back. He was not a guy that they're like, oh, good, Earl's gone. No, they 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 would have liked to have kept him, uh, but he's going to go play for his high school coach. Uh, Seth is a guy that they, they did not kick Seth out. So many people would believe that. That's absolutely not true. Uh, Seth would have had a spot had he decided to stay and work on the snap issues. Uh, I think the situation just got too toxic for him and his family. Uh, so I think him and his family decided it was a, a better situation for him anywhere else. So uh, we'll see. Uh, my understanding is that uh, several big programs have reached out, including some SEC programs. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Seth stick in the SEC. Uh, and Alabama will try to either develop a center that's already on the roster or uh, scan the portal for one, uh, which is, again, it isn't always a solution. All, all, sometimes it can be, but not always. And on along those same lines, uh, Christian Story, I'm not super surprised to see him in the portal. In fact, I think it's probably the best for all parties. I love Christian Story. Everybody who uh, watches this podcast knows I've, I've said great things about Christian Story. I just think he's he's a He's a good player. It just isn't working out. Maybe he needs a, a new start somewhere else. Maybe he needs to play a different position. I, I don't know. Um, it just feels like some. he just wasn't getting it, whatever it was. I think the athleticism is clearly there. I also think he's a great human being, so I wish him the best. Um, Eli Holstein, that was who I alluded to yesterday, not because I had any inside information, but just all you got to do is read the tea leaves. If you got Jalen Milrow coming back, you got Julian Sayan coming in, uh, Ty Simpson looking like he may stay. Um, all of us and Dylan Lonergan may be the best of, of all the quarterbacks, and according to the coaches, at least in some circles. Um, it just it, it wasn't hard to look at it and go, somebody's going to be the odd man out here. And um, so, yeah, I, I wish him the best as well. Meanwhile, though, Chris Braswell does declare that's not much of a shock. We knew that was coming. I know there were some people selfishly, including me, wishing he would come back. It, it's He's going to go, and, and I wish him well. Um, J.C. Latham, again, no shock at all there. But uh, Deontay Lawson and Tim Smith, uh, uh, you know, I think Tim Watts, Said, basically alluded to the fact that, hey, both these guys could come back. I felt like Tim Smith was gone. I know you did too. I, I did feel like Deontay Lawson would probably be back. Um, but if Tim Smith were to come back along with Deontay Lawson, and Lord help us all if uh, Terrion Arnold comes back and, and maybe even Kool-Aid, good Lord, that's a great nucleus for a defense. Yeah, Tim Smith coming back to me was uh, a, as big of a good surprise as Earl Little uh, portaling out was a bad surprise. Uh, Tim Smith coming back, he, he had a really good season. I think he had over 30 tackles, two or three sacks, uh, some tackles for loss. He had by far his best year. Plus, you can see if you go back to the beginning of Tim Smith's time at Alabama, each year he's made a step forward. It hasn't been leaps and bounds, but each year he's been a little better. This year, I thought he made his biggest step. He, he was a lot better. I, I thought he showed this year – he was ready or near ready to play NFL football. I don't think he would have been a day two pick, but I think he, he might have been a day three pick as is based on the year he just had. But now is an opportunity by coming back. I think this kid could make a climb to day two of the draft. Uh, and and I, I'm really excited. Anytime you get a 300-pounder back that's going to have now five years of experience in the SEC, 
coming off a good year. Tim Smith back is huge to me. I think he and Tim Keenan, Jaheim Otis, and Damon Payne, and James Smith, and LT Overton, that, that's as good of a, of a sixum as you're going to find in this league. And, uh, again, it's not dominant. It's not the best defensive line in college football. Probably not. But good luck finding one that's got six dudes better than that one. Uh, good. That, that's great news for, for the defensive line and a little unexpected. I, 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 I thought Tim Smith would be like, okay, I, I, I made myself into a draft choice, and I'm going to go play pro football. That's what I assumed he would do. Uh, but the fact that he's going to be back is only going to increase his value uh, and again, if he makes another leap like he made this past year, uh, he can have that Justin Oboigby type season we just saw from number 92. Jimmy, uh, we're going to talk now about some of the performances in that Under Armour All-American game yesterday. Ryan Williams showing out again, but also a dude maybe a lot of people didn't think would show out. He showed out. Right now, I want to tell everybody about game time, though. Look, if you've ever had a problem with obtaining tickets, you know you want to try game time because it can be so frustrating to try and find the tickets you want. Well, with game time, you don't have to worry about it because you just don't have to worry about any tickets you want to anything, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater events. Game time, they have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You got flash deals and zone deals and last minute tickets, all that stuff. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front, so you know what you're getting and, and you know you're getting a great deal before you even check out. Buy tickets within seconds with the Game Time app. I love the Game Time app, I've used it. I mean, at least five times. I mean, for five different events. You know, my son got a World Series ticket through it. I got a Miami Dolphins game ticket to it to go see Bryce Young play with the Carolina Panthers. I also got Alabama-Tennessee tickets. I got some other tickets as well, some basketball tickets uh, to the Alabama Liberty game. And it was just a great price. You want to use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase at GameTime.com. Use code locked on. That's locked on for $20 off uh, using the Game Time app. You want to go do that. Game Time and use code locked on. Trust me, you will love this thing. Okay. So, Jimmy, um, yesterday the All American game was played, the Under Armour All American game. Ryan Williams scores the first touchdown of the day. Uh, nice catch from a Mississippi State. Uh, commitment who won MVP by the way um and I thought Ryan Williams looked fantastic as apparently somebody is making crushing uh diamonds behind him. Uh, <laughs> Boy, but uh stopped, stopped in a nice hotel I did <laughs> this is this is one hell of a holiday in um anyway so Ryan Williams looking strong again um I thought that uh Caden Jones, he returns a pick six, uh, and he he was in a perfect position, uh, showed a lot of speed, showed a lot of uh, wherewithal to make that interception. Uh, very excited about him. I'll tell you somebody that stood out to me a little bit too uh, from the state of Alabama but headed to Mississippi State, and that's Mario Craver. Uh, I thought he looked really, really good. This is a guy that if, if Alabama had signed him, I would have been totally down with it. 
Craver uh, is a good athlete, a good playmaker, and I think, you know, some years I think Alabama would have taken him. I mean, yeah, people have to realize the level at which Nick Saban recruits, uh, the level of player. I mean, for instance, the bottom wide receiver in this group, I mean, the guy that's like, okay, of the four receivers that are going to end up in this group, which one was like uh, sort of questionable? Uh, Rico Scott. He was named the Pennsylvania Gatorade Player of the Year yesterday and is at the bottom of the pecking order of, of who Alabama took at wide receiver. So uh, that that's not to say that wide receivers that Alabama passed on aren't really good players. And Mario Craver, a good example of that. I love his Mississippi State choice too, because anytime you come in with a new coach that's rebuilding a new offense and instituting a new offense, you, you put yourself in a good opportunity. And I, I think Craver has a great opportunity at State who's going to start throwing the ball again. So they need a bunch of receivers because they're going to spread the field He's just such a good fit with what they're doing. Uh, I like that. And uh, Van Buren was very impressive yesterday. The Mississippi State quarterback signee. You mentioned Caden Jones. He's just one of these guys in the class we don't talk about because it's so easy to get overshadowed by the other big names. But what stands out to me about Caden is when you're projecting which position of the four linebacking spots he might play. Is he going to play Sam? Is he going to play Jack? Is he going to play Mike? Is he going to play Will? The thing that's exciting about him is he could really play any of those spots. I don't know about Jack, but Sam, Mike, and Will, he could easily play any of those three spots, and that's what makes him a good prospect. It means he's versatile. It means that anything you ask a linebacker to do, he's capable of doing, and he showed that by making a play, you know, in pass coverage. And, you know, it's a different time in football, Luke. It's not like when me and you grew up back in the 1800s. Uh, it's a different time now. When we grew up, linebackers were Nick Buckus and Mike Singletary and these inside run thumpers that just, you know, hit collided helmets with fullbacks in the A-gap. Now linebackers in 2024, Luke, 50% of the time they're playing defensive back. I mean, that's what they're doing 50% of the time. I, I talked to a, an uh, a, oh, well, I talked to an SEC coach uh, who had only coached safeties and he was going to coach linebackers. And I said, you know, your background coaching safeties, it seems like it would perfectly set you up to coach linebackers in 2024 because how many times are you asking your linebackers to do safety stuff? And he's like half the time. So it, it's just a good example of how that position has changed and what you're looking for in a linebacker has changed over the years. Caden Jones, a good example of a 2024 linebacker prospect because he does have some level of a, of a safety skill set. And of course, Jalen Mbakwe was in this game. Um, didn't really stand out necessarily in the game itself, but he did win the fastest man competition. He did draw rave reviews from all the practice reports. And frankly, I mean, <laughs> the quarterback seemed so, uh, dare I say, bad for team fire that I don't think the defensive backs had a lot to to show off, you know, um, they just, they just didn't look good. So uh, yeah, that was, it was sort of an odd game. It, it was a blowout at halftime and that sort of made it kind of unwatchable, but the army all American game, I think they still call it that. I'm not even sure whatever it is on NBC yes. uh, this Saturday. So that one will be a fun one to watch. And Zay Mincy and Daniel Hill should give Alabama some good news on Saturday. We'll probably talk about that Saturday. Uh, after that and and after the Alabama-Vanderbilt game. By the way, yeah, Alabama 
basketball gets underway in SEC play this Saturday. It's going to be a big day. So the Alabama's going to have a great shot to start off, I think, with with a nice record. But you got to go to Vanderbilt, a place that hadn't been kind to Alabama historically. But you got to go there and get that big win, then come home and and play a moderately dangerous South Carolina team. But regardless, uh, Jimmy, now we're going to talk about something interesting, something I heard on a national radio show. Uh, while I've been on the road all day. And that was, you know, they were talking about all the transfers for Alabama and talking about how it's a new time, et cetera. And they brought up the fact, you know, will it be easier or will it be more difficult for Nick Saban to win a championship in this 12-team format? And I think you could make the case both ways, and you and I are about to do just that. But I got to tell you about FanDuel. The deals are just so hot at FanDuel right now. You've got to go check them out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. It is so much fun. You can do player props. You know, you can do any kind of game, anything you want, but especially in the NFL. This is the last week in the NFL. And, you know, I know there are a lot of games in the NFL that don't really mean a ton this weekend. So what's going to make them mean a ton is if you go to FanDuel.com and get in on the action. If you can figure out, hey, this team does care, this team's going to sit players, and you can sort of – uh, maneuver that and manipulate that, man, you can uh, make some serious, serious money uh, this weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun to check out the NFL if you ask me, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. All you got to do is place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. You can do same game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, all that stuff at FanDuel dot com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on go check them out you will be glad you did okay so 12 team playoff coming up next year jimmy i i'm really kind of anxious for tuesday of next week to start seeing some potential uh prognostications about who's going to make this because you know it's going to be I, you know I was a proponent of keeping it at four, but now that it is going to be 12, um, I'm sort of like, okay, I got to embrace this. I, I can't complain anymore. You know, time marches on. So I'm going to embrace the 12-team playoff. And um, I'm going to say this, that, uh, you know, I, I could make the case either way that the 12-team playoff is going to be more difficult for Alabama and also going to be an easier path. The easier path of course, argument, of course, is that, you know, you feel like Alabama's going to be in it every year. I don't – I think if we had the 12-team format since this started, Alabama would have been in every single playoff. Alabama probably would have been in every playoff since 08. Sure. I think I'll, I looked into that one time, and I can't even remember the results. I'm not sure Alabama would have been in in 2010, uh, the three-loss maybe season. Not. Uh, maybe not 2010, but a good chance in all the other years. Uh, I, I just one one to me misnomer about it is, and of course Nick Saban hasn't spoiled us; he's ruined us. We talk about this; he's just ruined us as fans in terms of what we expect out of out of the the team, you know, each game and each year. So we're sort of ruined in that respect. But I'll just remind people that think it's easy to make the playoff. That this past season, if you look at who would have made the playoff and who didn't, Oklahoma would not have made the playoff, and they were ten and two. In a Power yep. 5 league with a win over Texas, they wouldn't have been in. So, yeah, it's not easy to get in. This is just going to be my assumption going into a season. 
based on how the last few seasons have played out, Luke, I think 10 and 2 in the regular season probably gets you in if you're in the SEC. If you but finish if you're 10 and 2, you're depending on the schedule, probably. But I'm going to use the word probably. I, I'm not going to. I think anybody that uses the word definitely just hasn't studied enough of the seasons to know. I mean, this past year, there was an undefeated Power 5 team that didn't make the Final Four. And I would have told you that's impossible. But we just watched it happen. Uh, it, it, seasons can play out sort of funny. I mean, it's it's unpredictable. So, uh, But most likely, most likely, probably 10-2 and two gets you in. Now, 10-2 and two in the new SEC, not easy. Not easy. Not easy by no. any means. And and the one caveat is this automatic qualifier for the group of five. And look, I know there's some bleeding hearts out there that are like, oh, we got to give the little guy a chance. We just gave Liberty a chance and they got waxed against a Oregon team that had no reason to even be there. So let's let's just we got to get rid of that. That's something that's got to change. How are we having all this evolution of the game and we can't figure out, hey guys, Liberty just doesn't play the same game we play or any of these other teams. So let's just, let's figure that out. But that that's a discussion for another day. The harder aspect of it is this, and especially with the transfer portal, you know, Alabama's done a great job of recruiting and stockpiling and having all this depth. And, uh, you know, I remember <laughs> it's funny to look back on it now, but I remember when Bryce Young got hurt against Arkansas last year and, Jalen Milrow comes in and he doesn't, he's doing okay. But it, what really uh, opened some eyes was that long run he had that was pr- almost a touchdown. And I remember uh, somebody on Twitter said, you know, Alabama has the number one pick get hurt in the game and they bring in Michael Vick. And, <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, it's so weird that, um, that, uh, Alabama's just got so much stockpile talent. They just have you know talent on top of talent. Well, with the transfer portal now, it's going to be harder and harder to stockpile that talent because you know people are going to say, you know, look at Terrence Ferguson. This is a guy that was in line to start. I mean, it wasn't guaranteed, but he was in line, and he's like, I'm going to go. So Earl Little, same way. I mean, these guys have an opportunity, and no people aren't going to stick around. In a way, the rich will get richer because they will cherry pick from teams that have, you know, one or two great players. But in another way, you won't be able to stockpile your talent. And now with more games and and the fact that, you know, look, if you're Alabama and if the, if it had been the 12-team playoff this year, I would probably maintain – I'd be willing to bet that Alabama would the, would have been the five and Florida State the four because I, you could make the case that, okay, they both get in, that's fine. And I would be okay with it because Alabama would have gotten a home game against Liberty and would have beaten the crap out of them, right? Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, there still is an extra game, and these games are beginning to pile up, man. So, yeah, it's – I can make the case either way. It's going to be more difficult because another thing, it was on Dusty and Danny in the morning, and uh, they said – they set the over-under at championships for Alabama, national championships for Alabama for Nick Saban, under Nick Saban remaining at .5. And I would take the over, but I'm a homer. Yeah, I would take the over, but – just winning once you get into the playoff, advancing through the playoff and winning it, it sounds impossible, but someone's going to do it. I mean, someone's going to be the winner. It just seems impossible to beat, let's say, for instance, Oregon, Michigan, 
and Georgia. You got to win all three in three consecutive games. It just sounds impossible, but that's literally what teams are going to be asked to do. Someone's going to win these things, but my gosh, it is going to be extraordinarily difficult. You bring up a great point about depth. I think depth has always been important. Now depth goes to the top of the list in terms of it is a critical factor to make it to the playoff and through the playoff is your depth because you're going to lose kids. You're going to lose them, and there's no way that you're playing all of these games with the same 22 dudes. There's just no way. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be suspenseful, but it's going to be difficult. There's no question. I think making the field, you got to be 10 and two. That's going to be hard, but getting there and winning, winning consecutive games against these elite teams, not easy to do. Better have a quarterback, better have depth. Jimmy, some unbelievable news just hit. Quinchon Judkins is in the portal. That's for real? That's not a fake account? That is not a fake account. It's being reported on lots of different places. That's amazing to me. I mean, I'll just tell you, I mean, you know, my visceral reaction, which is uh, my visceral reaction is big time money grab here. Uh, big time money grab. <laughs> I mean, why he's the, he's the, the unquestioned big back on a playoff level team and couldn't be positioning himself any better as an NFL pro. I mean, there's no reason for him to go anywhere except NIL. I mean, he's got to be happy with his role. He's got to be happy with how he's positioning himself in the NFL draft. His team is winning and likely to make the playoff, although maybe not now. Uh, that's amazing. But hey, I know Alabama people will be interested because he's in state. And I'm not saying not interested, but two things. If he wants a bunch of NIL money, Alabama's not the spot. Yeah. Number two, about Jam Miller, Justice Haynes, and Richard Young being Alabama's one, two, three at running back next fall. I'm fired up about that. I, I I think Judkins is a heck of a player, but this is a luxury. This is not a need uh, for Alabama. Need, I would start with places like center. If you're yeah. going to overpay, if you're going to overpay, go there. But uh, Judkins is a great, great player, though. Uh, there's no question he's a great player. I'm, I'm more impressed with him all the time. I thought in the bowl game he was fantastic. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back probably in our – we'll have a home game tomorrow, I hope, Jimmy. I hope we'll both be somewhere settled. So uh, we'll deal with that tomorrow. But until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.